This church can see you here tonight. Go ahead and stand with me if you would. We've got some singing to do tonight. So our first song, My Sins Are Gone. Lift it up with me as we sing. You ask me why I'm happy, so I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary. As far removed as darkness is from dawn, in the sea of God's forgetfulness.
I didn't know that one very well, but I'm glad we sang it. All right, let's move around, shake some hands tonight. Welcome each other here tonight.
back in the book of 1 Kings chapter 3. <clears throat> For our Sunday school teachers that missed this morning, we are in part 2 as we often do, so probably be good to go back and listen to part 1 to get the full context. Uh, we'll rehash part of it, but not all of it. Before we get into that, uh, just a prayer. One of our deacons, Brother Randy Tyner, um, his grandmother passed away, and um, just giving you the backstory of that. We met oh, probably about a week ago or so, we're sitting in my office just chatting, and uh, he had mentioned he was going to be gone this next week to see his grandmother, and I can't remember, I want to say she's like 90, 92, something like that, and uh, they had planned, Miss Cindy wasn't going to be able to make it for this trip, uh, but he decided to go ahead and go, and he's like, you know, I just remember him saying, he goes, you never know how long somebody has, and he's going to cancel it, Miss Cindy's like, no, you need to go for that reason, it's like, you don't know the next time you get to see grandma and uh, how much longer God will give her. And sure enough, he's out there, and she passes away. And uh, so I thought it was neat that uh, he had that opportunity to be there uh, with grandmother, which was great. But just also a great reminder, you know, uh, we, we never know how much time we're going to have. And you want to take that time with uh, family and friends and so forth and spend that time. But not, not only just the spending the time, but making sure they know the Lord. You know, opening up and uh, sharing our faith and having those opportunities, because uh, you just don't know. 
You, you just don't know when that's going to come. And uh, so you'd be praying for them, and uh, definitely so. And like I said, just praise the Lord for that. Miss Cindy was able to go join him and uh, for the funeral coming up, and uh, so that'll, that'll be good. Well, 1 Kings chapter 3 is where we're at. We'll stand to our reading. We won't reread the whole chapter. Uh, we read that this morning. We are going to pick it up in verse 5. Just a reminder, because like I said, we have a few more joining us tonight uh, that were in Sunday school or junior church and weren't able to make it. <clears throat> so I don't want them to be totally lost. But this is a story in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. It says, In Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth, and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him uh, he, he, this great kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between thee good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech, verse 10 says, Please the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but thou hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words, though I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. Now, now if we stop right there, that's an amazing thing. I think we'd all agree. If you put a period there and you end, this is a great story in itself. But then he goes on, and he says this, And behold, I have done according to thy words. And then verse 13, And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And then verse 14, he has this condition, and if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did, then I will lengthen thy days. So he says, I'm going to go ahead and give you the riches and honor, and then if you keep following me, I'll even give you long life. Those things that people ask for, people desire, you get them all. Why? Because you delighted in the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we pray that we could learn this lesson. <clears throat> Take it with us, Lord. May it uh, guide us and direct us, Lord. We know it's not here by accident. If you've been in church, Lord, you know this story. But, Lord, I pray as we look at it in a little more detail, Lord, and apply it to our lives, I pray we'd be strengthened with it for this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. May be seated. Now, now we talked this morning about that, and we, we talked about delighting in the Lord and how God was so pleased in verse 10 with Solomon and the request because it wasn't a selfish request. And, and what, just want to remind you of that, that delighting and seeking God first, God says, I'm going to give you what you requested and more. And that's the kind of God we serve. And we didn't major as much as we could have on that. But I got to remind you, uh, you don't serve a God that just goes by the minimum. Okay, this isn't a God that we serve. This is like, we're just going to get by. God's like, you delight in me. Uh, you delight in me. I will give you the desires of my heart. I will give you more. And I think that's one of the prime principles of this passage is to real, realize it's good to serve God. And no, it's right to serve God, and it's worth serving God. All these things are added, and we talked about that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things, other things are added. 
if we had testimony time, I think we could all attest to the fact we have so much more given to us than we deserve. I, I mean, I, I want you to ever forget that. I mean, we, we ask, request, and we pray. But can I be honest? I've received things from God I never asked for. No, seriously, I, I never asked for them. Uh, now, I'm not taking them back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but there, there wasn't like a specific request in there saying, Lord, do this. But then all of a sudden, but, but God knew. God, God knows our thoughts and our desires, and he knows our life. And you know, hey, this would be a benefit. This would be a blessing. I, I know this is going to encourage them, edify them, make them feel. I know that. And so often when something happens, I know where it's coming from, my Savior, my Father. I know that. And it's like, oh, man, what, what a blessing. And man, that, that was really neat. And it could be something small or big. It, it doesn't really matter. You just know it's from the Lord. Uh, and so I'm glad he answers specific requests. Praise the Lord for that. And that's why we go to him in prayer. But I'm going to remind you, we've served the Lord for many years. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get to heaven. And most of the extra that we got is from Brenda. <laughs> I get up there and go, well, thank you, Lord. He's like, I didn't do it for you. <laughs> you just married the right person. She was really righteous. So lucky you. Amen. So here you go. Choose right. You know, but I do think sometimes and we're going to get this overflow and this blessing uh, that all of a sudden comes upon us. And so I love that aspect on the story. We, we didn't major a lot on that this morning, but I love the fact that if you delight in the Lord, he'll give the desires. And, and God's saying, hey, and I gave you what you requested and more. And then we talked about despite. We went back to the first verse 2 and verse 3 where it's talked about only. And we talked about the fact that Solomon wasn't perfect. And as we open up the book and read on, that becomes very clear. Very clear. He didn't do everything right. But he started right. I believe he had a sincere heart, and he loved God. And a very sincere, unique request. It, it just shows you how much he was in tune, and he asked for that. And he, and he got it, and God blessed him. But then we remember that he still sacrificed in the high places. And that became a great stumbling block to Israel and to many people. And it was one of those kind of asterisks on the side saying, yeah, this was a really good guy. He was really wise. He loved the Lord. But, okay. And, and we majored on that because here's the neat thing. All of us fit that category. And I just want to remind you of that. All of us fit that category. No one does everything right, but if we delight in the Lord, we serve Him, even despite weaknesses, imperfections that we have. When God sees a sincere heart to serve Him, and we're doing, and we are following Him, and we're doing so many things right, I'm telling you, God honors that and respects that, despite us. And that's a good thing because we're not working our way to heaven. Uh, it's not because of all the good that we do, it's because of Him. Amen. And we know that from salvation, but can I remind you, it's not just salvation. I, I think why God gives us a flaw on about just everybody in Scripture is this point right here. There's only a few that we don't know the flaw, but can I help you? They had them. You do know that, right? God just shows in a couple places, doesn't really explain it to us. Uh, I look at Joseph, I don't really see a flaw in Joseph. Some people like to insert, maybe he's a little prideful when he was young. He could have been, but I think we're just kind of inserting that. There's nothing that says that in there. You know, we're just kind of assuming that. And so you see guys like Joseph, one of my favorite Bible characters. But really, I don't look back and go, man, but with him. But can I tell you, there was a but. There was a something's wrong. There was a despite. You say, why? That's the way it works. But God blessed him immensely, did he not? He blessed him. So I, I, want, to, I want to let you know, when you decide to serve God and walk the Christian life, it's worth it. Now, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Then we went into the dream and, and we paused there because in verse Five, it tells us that <clears throat> it was a dream. And verse 15, we went to it as well and said, And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And we just hit real quick on dreams. And 
And of course, then this, this wish that came, this one wish, and of course, in our culture, we know about the genie thing, and, and we mentioned that real quick this morning, and, and, uh, but I thought I'd save for tonight. Probably my famous, favorite genie story is you heard about the lady who found the genie, right? Here it comes. Are you ready? She rubbed the lamp. She got three wishes. This genie was especially, especially unique in that the genie said, listen, here's how this is going to go. Uh, I'm going to give you three wishes, but whatever you wish for, your husband gets double. So, okay, I wish to be the prettiest woman alive. Poof. And of course, guess what? He was doubly as handsome. She's like, wow. She goes, thought again. She goes, okay, I wish to be the richest woman alive. Poof. She got it. Uh, here we go again. Double. And then the genie reminded, now remember, whatever you request, he gets double. She paused for a second and said, I wish you will beat me, that you would beat me until I'm half dead. <laughs> Some of you will catch that later tonight. Have your spouse explain it to you. It'll come to you later. The three wishes. You know, we often look at it that way, and there's so many variations of it without a doubt. But for me, for me the fact of the matter is he gets this one wish from the Lord, and, and this wish begins to come true. And, and uh, he asked for understanding. He asked for wisdom, discernment. Growing up, I'd read some stories to the boys. I'm, I'm enjoying now. We're kind of heading that way with our granddaughter, and I'm looking forward to reading those books. And, and we've kind of already started them a little bit. Uh, two books out called Tell Me the Story and Tell Me the Secrets. They're children books, uh, but I like them because they teach a very valuable principles. And, and in the one, I remember as I was reading this story, uh, that story came back. Matter of fact, I'd just broken those books out, so I'm kind of a little more familiar with them even recently. But in one of the stories, it's the gentleman telling these kids and kind of imparting to them some wisdom. And, uh, and one of them, he tells this story about a king who had a beautiful daughter. And the beautiful daughter was now of marrying age, and as it came to that time, they, a perplexing situation developed. As it was time for her to be married, three of his best knights came and asked for her hand in marriage. Well, this created a problem because all three were mighty knights in his kingdom. He liked all of them. Achillean was one, and he was probably most noted for just his speed, his agility. And a great knight had fought in many battles. And then there was Mahon, and Mahon too was a great knight, but uh, he wasn't as strong or as fast, but he was smart, he was wise, and so he liked him. And then there was Chilion, he was probably the strongest of the knights. Uh, Valiant, they sang songs about him, and it was a neat thing. And so the king was perplexed on what to do because all of them had great value, great character. None of them lacked. So he came up with this plan. He said, the only way to choose will have to be some sort of proving, some contest. They had there by the castle, not too far out, what they called the dark forest. And as a fictional story develops, and as they develop, he says, on the dark forest, there's this group of people called the Hope Knots that live there. And he says, people go in, but we never see them come out. One of those scary forests, nobody wanted to go in. So the king said, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to allow you to pick a partner, somebody to go with you, to fight with you. You can pick a partner, and that partner will travel with you. So each three of you pick somebody else. Uh, that you can go with you. And so each of them did that. He said, we will now take you to the other side of the forest. The first one to make it through the forest, this dark, creepy forest, and gets back to the castle, you get my daughter. You have proven yourself worthy. And so that was the, the, the quest that was set before them. He had one little element. He said, to help you, because it's so dark, and it's hard to see, and you kind of lose your way, is what people have said in that forest. He said, him and his son would play a flute, and they like flutes. He said, I will get up on top of the castle, and uh, every day at an appointed time, I will play my flute so you know which direction to go. So that will help you. And so they did that. So each chose their partner, and off they went. As the story went, it was days and days. Matter of fact, two weeks went by. 
14 days. They kept looking for someone. No one came out. Finally, on day 14, here came somebody. The king was excited. He sent two people to go get them, cover his head, their heads, bring them in. They then had a big banquet where that night, it was going to be the time to unveil who would get to marry the amazing princess. Everybody had their own side thoughts on who it was, but that, as it came that night and the person came walking in, applause broke out as Malon. Malon had won. The wise one had won. Interesting, everybody wanted to know the story. So he began to explain to them. As they started out, they all traveled together. The Hope Knights were a little like dwarf people. And they would attack, and of course, they were, well, the knights were stronger than them. There were six of them. It was no big deal. They fought them off pretty easily. They continued on, and that went on for several days. But then it would get really, really dark. And as it would get really, really dark, and they'd keep fighting, and they'd keep moving the best that they could. He said, one day in particular, though, it was really weird. Uh, the Hope Knots didn't come. Nobody came. And so they made as far as they could get that day because the Hope Knots didn't interfere with them. And then the next day as they began, suddenly the Hope Knots came again. He said, but then they came with the cruelest, cruelest of things to do. Everybody paused, wondering what it was. He said, you remember every day the king would stand up at a certain time and play his flute to let us know which way to go. So on the next day, when we had nothing the day before, when the king got to play his flute, literally a thousand flutes could be heard in every direction. The Hope Knots had went and made their own flutes. And they began to play them and play them. And suddenly, all of a sudden, he said, I remember seeing Achilleon, and he was running in this certain direction, and we lost sight of him. And so we still had four of us, and we were fighting away. And then all of a sudden, Chilion, same thing. He started to head in a direction, but I knew that direction was wrong. And I yelled to him and said, no, come this way. And he wouldn't listen. And finally, we, we made our way through. Everybody was curious. Like, well, how did you do it? I mean, these other two couldn't figure out. How did you figure it out? He goes, well, it was simple. You see, I chose to take with me the son, the son of the king who had the other flute. And every single day I had him play his flute to where I got so used to hearing the pitch that even though there was a thousand flutes, we knew exactly which one to listen to. Now, there's wonderful lessons in that. One of the greatest lessons is, uh, of course, influence. And the fact of the matter is who you listen to matters. And getting used to the sound of, of Jesus Christ and his word and, and how he speaks to you is important. But the lesson I want you to see out of this is very clearly how wise he was to choose the son. Could have chosen another brave, strong warrior, but instead he said, no, I'm going to choose the son of the king who has the same flute and I'm going to learn it. That's a fictional story, but it drives home some important points. Wisdom. Wisdom. It's not always the strongest. It's not the fastest. It's not the richest that always wins. Wisdom. May I remind you Proverbs chapter 3. Would you turn with me there real quick? Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs, King Solomon, who obviously wrote Proverbs, writes in Proverbs 3, and the book of Proverbs is a great book on wisdom. But in Proverbs 3, he begins to highlight some things for us that we want to kind of take a look at here today. Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to jump down a little bit to verse 13. Look what he says here. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. I love that. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand, riches and honor. Do you see how this parallels? Solomon's writing this. Why? Because that's what he got. He said, when I chose wisdom all these years before, when I was just a young man and I chose wisdom, he's literally writing what happened to him. Because I chose wisdom, I got length of days, I got honor, I got riches. And now he's writing it saying, hey, it works. He goes on, look what he says. 
Her ways, in verse 17, are pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Look at this. He's like, hey, it's a good way to live. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. And he goes on. I'm telling you, he says, get wisdom. We would say this. It is the principal thing. In Proverbs chapter 2, what is that? It is the main thing, the main goal. And the story of Solomon and the one wish that he gets, and he asks for wisdom and gets everything, is a declaration from God when you add Proverbs as well, saying, hey, the primary thing you should pursue, now don't miss this, is wisdom. But above everything else, I'm amazed how we don't pursue wisdom. Stop thinking about this. Uh, and again, rhetorical, so don't raise your hand. But, but what are you doing to gain wisdom? What are you doing? To pr we, we pursue riches and honor and things in life and all this stuff. And so many people are unhappy and, and don't have peace. We're studying Ecclesiastes 3, there's emptiness in life. And yet right in front of us, it's like, let me help you with this. If you get wisdom, it's more precious than gold, more precious than root, than anything you can imagine. Wisdom will guide every aspect of your life. It will help you in your marriage, work, relationships, worship to God, understanding earth, understanding life, making it through difficult things. It's wisdom that does it. No man knoweth what comes tomorrow. This world's in, in a wreck. You have rumors of World War III almost every day. We're going back to, the, if you all remember, the Cold War. Man, it's like almost every day, every week, you know, someone's like, man, we could be at war like that. We're literally back in those same days where just news after news after news of what's happening. And, and I can't tell you what's going to happen, but this I know. If you put your faith and trust in God and you develop wisdom, whatever happens, uh, we can have a path through it. Why? Because we have Jesus Christ. Folks, we have his wisdom. So as you're trying to attain everything else, don't mistake this. Uh, wisdom ought to be the principle or the main thing. So when I say that, the question is, <clears throat> that's great, preacher. How do you get it? Seriously, how do you get it? So if the target is wisdom, and it ought to be, if you're talking, even from a young person saying, man, I, I want to get married and I want a job. Oh, it's all wonderful, but can I tell you? You need wisdom to choose the right person. I mean, you need wisdom to guide you into a career and, and what God wants in your life. Literally everything comes with wisdom. And when you have wisdom, it changes everything. It cha you don't have to be the fastest, the strongest. You know, our culture, just like theirs, is kings were chosen by their looks and size and, and ability. And how often did that blow up in their face? I mean, all the time. But those that chose through wisdom changed everything. Those who decided to follow God. And so in this tonight, I want to help you with just a, a, a life practical lesson. I looked up and I said, so if wisdom is a principal thing, and it is. Solomon says it. The story here says it. The question is then, how do we get it? How do we get it? So I wrote down, I made some notes along this line, and I want to give you, if you take notes, just kind of a, a pathway that you can go into and uh, a process. I went the wrong way with my notes. Let's go back this way. I'm going to give you three thoughts here real quick on how do I get wisdom. Number one, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 9 real quick. So we're telling you it's the main thing, and the question is great, how do I get it? Do, do I read a book? Do I take a class? You know, uh, do I order it on Amazon? I mean, what do I do? Proverbs chapter 9, 
Let's go all the way down to verse 10. The Bible says this, the fear of the Lord, and look at this, is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So, so God tells us, he says, seek wisdom, pursue it. It's a principal thing. It's greater than anything else. Okay, that's great. So that's my goal. But now how? He tells right here, are you ready? The fear of the Lord. Fear, what, what is that? Fear comes in this aspect, respect, honor. Respect, honor. I think it's also a dread, to tell you the truth. There, there's those elements. We teased before, this generation doesn't understand that as well, but the generation I grew up, you were scared to death of your dad. <laughs> it's the way it was. <laughs> and now we're going, oh, don't do that. That's so bad. <laughs> but we loved dad. But, but there was a fear. There was a dread, you know, there. But it was a good one. It was about why? That fear kept you from doing dumb things. Dumb things. I remember growing up thinking, man, if dad finds out, I'm dead. So guess what? Don't do that. I've told you the story before. I'm in school and, and we didn't cuss at our family and and a kid threw a, ch a table against me. And I said a word that wasn't a curse word, but he thought it was. And he's like, oh, man, Waterloo cuss. <laughs> man, I'm going to go tell everybody. Well, when he said everybody, my thought was dad. So I chased him down and beat him up. <laughs> he said, why would you do that? Because I was scared. You know, I'm like, no, you are not getting to my dad <laughs> right now. You know, I was just like, no way. I mean, there was this dread that was there. I, I never imagined my life looking at my dad and going, no, not going to do that. You can't make me. Those words never came out of my mouth. When I hear stories of that, it always blows my mind. I'm always thinking, why are you still alive? How are you still walking? Why don't you have a prosthetic leg? I mean, I don't know how this happened. You know, it's just, it, I mean, the mindset there. But here's part of the reason. We tease about that. And I don't think dads need to be mean, without a doubt. But, but I, I will say, you know, there is something, and, and I put, we talked about the fear of the Lord. The respect and honor thing we'll talk about is really good, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm scared to death. He's all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants. And I know he loves me, but can I tell you? He's not the man upstairs. He's God. He's not the big J. No, he's God. No, you, you, we don't use those terms. And people say, well, that's just Gen Z, and that's what we do. No, we don't, not as Christians. That's a wicked culture. You don't treat God common. He's almighty God. Why? He deserves that. I'd be scared to death. I'm mean, scared to death to treat God as just common or give him some side nickname. Oh, no. Oh, no. He deserves the ultimate respect. There's an honor there. There's a respect. So what happens when you respect or honor someone? Well, let's just be honest. Uh, and I'm not going to mention anybody in particular, but if there's somebody you highly respected or honored, and, and they walk through those doors, um, and let's just say they were speaking tonight. You actually got a good speaker. Amen. Whoever it was and they were speaking tonight, you'd probably be a little excited. And can I tell you, you would listen. You would listen. Matter of fact, you'd want to, if you really respect them, if you really honor them, you're listening to them. Matter of fact, you're like, oh, wait, wait, how, hey, hey don't, don't, don't bother me. I want to hear what he has to say. Or she has to say, whoever it is. I mean, you're going to listen. I don't know about you, but when I respect somebody, there's an, there's an honor they're given to them. And beyond that honor, there's also, I want to hear them. Because I respect them. I respect their wisdom, their position, whoever it is. That's the natural thing. So if you want to know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning, it's, it's not all wisdom, but it's beginning. Why? Because when you fear God, you're going to listen. And guess what? You're going to listen to thus saith the word of God. You can't get wisdom without God. He's the one who gives it. And the fact of the matter is if you can't listen to God and don't, we have a problem. 
That's why, like, like as parents, we say, hey, you know why it's so important? I want you to think about this. Why do you think God would say, children, obey your parents and the Lord? Well, he's just mean. Is it that? Or is it because he's loving? You say, why? Because if they don't listen to you, you think they're listening to their teacher? You think they're listening to the preacher? The evangelist? Really? There's something wrong with you. The fact of the matter, when we grow a generation that doesn't listen to authority, here's the problem. They won't listen to the main authority. Which, here's the problem, are you ready? They won't have wisdom. They could be smart, and that's what blows my mind today. Uh, you, our young people, because they can do all the electronic stuff today, um, they think they're so much smarter. And read all these books and do all this stuff. You might have knowledge, but knowledge is not wisdom. Totally different. Just because you remember geometry, <laughs> and the rest of us have forgotten it. You know, not, you're not all of a sudden smarter than everybody else. Or you're really good in this field. No, no, knowledge is not wisdom. There's a big difference. Knowledge is just that facts, knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to take that information and apply it and use it in a productive, proper way. Now, wisdom's way greater. Oh, knowledge is part of it, but wisdom's way greater. We're living in a generation that gets a lot of knowledge, a lot of facts because of the Internet. You know, Google, it's like, why do you ask any questions? You just ask Siri or Google. I mean, seriously, of anything. Brenda uses it all the time. She's like, how, how many today, how many championships does LeBron have? I go, I don't know. Hey, Siri, Alexa, how many championships? They go, he has four. And they go, thank you. I mean, seriously, I'm just like, it was Einstein. Supposed to be one of the smartest men to ever live. Quote from him is like, I don't retain information that I can locate in five minutes. He didn't have the internet. Stop thinking about that. Technically, we're smarter than Einstein. I mean, we have more access to knowledge, really. But, but it's just facts. No, no, I don't want you to miss this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. But wait a minute. To get the wisdom, you have to listen. And how do you listen? Respect. There's a fear. There's an honor. There's a respect. And so I'm going to give that honor and respect to that person. I'm going to listen to him. God knows what he's saying, folks. I'm going to tell you, you want wisdom? Begin this. Have the proper respect and honor for God and his word. And when that happens, you, you, you don't want to know why we have you stand to read the word of God? It's not a command in the word of God, in case you're wondering. Please don't go to another church and go, oh, you are so wicked. We're so much more spiritual because we stand. No. No. But see, in our culture, it's like, I do a lot of weddings and we stand in honor of the bride. At a court, please rise for the judge. Show honor, respect. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. The greatest respect ought to be to him and his word. So we just have you honor. Why? We're just trying to teach some honor and respect for the things of God. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning. You cannot have wisdom unless you have a healthy respect, honor of God. So if you want wisdom, begin there. Number two, turn with me to James. James chapter 1. Some of you are quoting this in your head right now. That's a good thing. James chapter 1. All the way over here. But again, don't miss some of the aspects of this. In James chapter 1, in verse 5, the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And I love this, that give it to all men liberally. Aren't you glad we're all included? And it braideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Powerful, powerful verses. 
Number two, though, you, you get wisdom by asking for it. And not, not just flippantly. You'll see here. If you ask in faith, in faith, Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He giveth wisdom. The fact of the matter is I think a lot of us don't have wisdom because, can we be honest, we never ask. We never ask. Some of the hacks I, I love to watch with traveling is I like travel hacks. And uh, uh, I can't remember, we, we were not too long ago, and uh, we were with a couple, and I was just talking to him, and he said, every time I go to a hotel, I always ask for an upgrade. I'm like, seriously? I mean, you, you just ask for an upgrade. He goes, every time. He goes, what are they going to do? Just say no. He goes, you wouldn't believe the places that I've stayed by just going in and going, hey, do you have an upgrade? Do you have anything better? And that night, depending on when you're checking in, they're looking going, yeah, I'll, I'll update, upgrade you to the suite. He goes, I've been in presidential suites before. He was staying somewhere. He got presidential suite for one night. And the rest of the night, uh, time they were on vacation, they had to go somewhere else. He goes, and it was great. And I'm like, and you just got this by saying, hey, could you check and see if that's available? I walk in. I hand him my card go, hi. <laughs> What'd you give me? Oh, the room by the elevator, first floor where everybody comes through. Thank you. And then we complain. It's like, oh, it's the worst room ever. It's like, did you ask for an upgrade? Nah. My brother was always the best growing up. That guy was never afraid to ask for anything. It was disgusting. But he also got most everything he asked for. Hey, can I have another cookie? Sure. How'd you do that? I asked. Can I have another ice cream? I'm, I was never brave enough. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'll just take whatever they give me. You know, but he asked. And I think about this in the spiritual realm. There's a lot of things we don't have because we just never ask God. And one of the greatest is wisdom. He says, if you respect me, then here, that's what I told you. Well, ask me for wisdom. Lord, who should I marry? We, we don't ask. You know, so God says, I guess I'll, good luck then. You know, what should I do? What, what should my career be? What should I do here? I, ask him. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. But in faith. There's two conditions here. The first one, he says here, uh, in faith, without wavering. In faith. You have to ask in faith. In other words, you've got to believe, folks. It's not a flippant, okay, God, just pride this. I mean, pastor said I had to ask, so fine, I'm going to ask. Well, no. It's your goal and believe. Say, hey, God, you told me that I, I need this understanding. I need this wisdom. God, God, help me in this situation. Give me wisdom. Provide this for me. And God says, okay, here you go. I'm going to illuminate your mind to help guide you with discernment. I mean, that's what he says. But folks, everybody needs this. this. This isn't that difficult. The problem is we want something, but we're, we're not going through the process to get it. God outlines what it is. He didn't just say, hey, get wisdom. Good luck. <laughs> Hope you find it. I mean, it's not like some, some hunt out there where there's no clues. It's just go find it. No, God's like, here you go. The fact of the matter is, if we'll follow him, you're going to find wisdom, which is going to provide everything else. Look what he says, though. Condition of faith. Here's the second one. Look at James chapter 4 real quick. You're already in James. Just turn over. James chapter 4. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. There's two conditions of asking. Number one, you got to ask in faith. And number two, he says, you have to ask. It's not a selfish ask. So, so whatever it is, you have to understand it goes back to that delight thyself and desires we talked about this morning. When you seek God first, you delight in God and his desires become your desires. This is very important. The fact of the matter is when his desires become yours and you start asking from th for things that are proper and good and in his will, are you ready? God says, I love to provide that for you. And I'm going to give you discernment on what to ask and what to pursue. And God's like, here you go. That, that's how our God works. And I love this. There's nothing he can't provide for us. Not, no door he can't open. Nothing he can't explain. But to get the main thing, I've got to have a healthy fear of God. 
And I've got to start asking God. You know, God wants the communication. You know, we, I, I know we think we communicate well in this generation, but you don't. No, you don't. I mean, there's people that I text. I mean, okay, <clears throat> pet peeve, are you ready? Just hang on. We have email, we have texting, we have phone calls, and we have direct mouth-to-face conversation. I was going to say mouth-to-mouth, but that's not good. And uh, <laughs> glad I stopped myself. <laughs> mouth-to-mouth communication. Come here, I'm going to talk to you. And uh, better be the wife is all I got to say. Uh, I'm not talking to you that way, Brian, so let it go, okay? Just let it go. <laughs> He's looking at me like, I'm not even going to look up. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And so because of that, we're like, man, we got great communication today. Communication today stinks by both people. I mean, you're supposed to have quick, I'll text somebody. It could be three days later. I'm getting a text back. I'm like, why did I send them that text? I've left messages. I'm like, you'll call. I'm like, it just blows my mind. It's like, how do, I, how do I get a hold of you? Well, I've got text, email, messenger, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, but you don't answer them. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just blows my mind. Uh, so, and I get there's a lot of elements to that. Some people are saying, well, hey, I'll answer what I want. That's great. And that's fine. I, I'm not attacking that. I'm saying this. Because we have all that, there's this false assumption that people communicate well. And I'm just here to tell you, in my field, I don't see that. I don't see that people communicate well. So if we don't communicate well here, here let me just help you. What makes us think we communicate well here? So, so I know that's a general observation. But I don't think I have to get too specific. I'm just saying most people aren't real good here, as good as you think you are which really concerns me how good we are up here. Because all I know this is we're lacking a lot of wisdom in this world, and it's either we're not fearing God like we should, or number two, we're not asking. We're just not asking. And folks, prayer is that time where you get to connect with God, and you get to make those requests. God loves that communication with you. God loves that communication with you. He enjoys that. Folks, prayer ought to be a normal part of every Christian's life. It's what we do. We, we talk to the Father, why? I need help. I need help with whatever it is. I need guidance. Oh, give me some wisdom. And all of a sudden, you're making the right move. Be sure and thank God when you make the right choices, okay? Because if you ask, he gave you the wisdom for it. He gives us one last aspect here we'll look at. To me, the three-step plan for gaining wisdom begins with fearing God properly, asking for it. And then I put this, and maybe this should be the first, but since the Bible said the first step is fear, we started there. But in, we, we quoted it earlier, Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared. So I put this last thing down, which we kind of started with, but I'm coming back around. And I put down here, pursue it. You say, well, that's, that's kind of confusing. Well, no, it's really not. Pursue it. You know, it's hard to get a bachelor's degree if you don't go to college. It's hard. I didn't say impossible. It's just hard. You know, if you're not going to do it, you know, it's, it's hard to become a plumber if you don't go to trade school. It's just, it's just hard. I mean, you have, may have the skill, but probably going to have a challenge getting a license. You know, if you're not going to have the education to back it up, and state's probably not going to go, hey, sounds good to me. I mean, that sounds so simple, but I'm going to tell you, a lot of people don't have wisdom, can I tell you? It's not a primary goal. I guarantee if we were to back up and I'd say, hey, there's five main goals you have in your life. Probably for most of us, wisdom would not have been on there. And I'm not talking about it, but we just don't think about it. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's why we have the Bible message. We just don't think about it. 
We think about all these things we want to accomplish, and yet God says the very main thing, the foundation of what you need for every decision, no, wait, for everything you do is, he says, get wisdom, man. Go chase it, find it, get it. Because why, he that getteth it, man, you got a good thing. You got a good thing. It's, it's hard to catch something that you're not going for. I don't think I'm going to win the lottery. It's so weird. They tell me you have to buy a ticket. Weirdest thing ever. You know, but yeah, I'm never going to expect to get a phone call or someone knock on my door, you won! <laughs> Except Publishers Clearinghouse. Now, that's a different story, okay? But really, I, I'm not, why? Well, you, you have to purchase it. You know what I'm saying? People want to retire early. You know how you do that? You invest. What's that? That is what you're not doing, which means you don't retire ever. No, no, I'm just saying, you, it doesn't just miraculously, that's not the norm. You, know, you do something to get there. Now, let me help you with life. I love this. God's like, he gives us a story of Solomon. Solomon, what do you want? This young man says, ah, I get one wish. Uh, didn't ask for the billion. Didn't ask for the power. Kill all of his enemies. Let me live long. He says, help me to be wise. And God's like, bingo. Puts the story in the Bible, says, everybody needs to hear this. Everyone needs to hear this. Make your number one goal, wisdom, and everything else comes. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. You seek me, I'll throw everything else in. That's huge. But you got to pursue it. Folks, if that's not on your goal, if your goal is just to be rich and happy, and all, it's, I'm not telling you that those are horrible, well, rich is a horrible goal, but I'm not telling you that all these things are bad goals. I'm telling you, you're not going to attain what you think if you don't have the primary thing. And the primary thing is wisdom. So let me help you tonight. We'll kind of close down here, but I want, I want you to help some, some of you folks. We need to be wiser. You know, the Bible says in Matthew, the children of this world are often wiser than the children of God. Now think about that. How in the world are the children of this world wiser than the children of the king? And I'm going to tell you how. We're not pursuing it. Because we have everything right here, the greatest wisdom on planet Earth, here and through the Spirit of God and through any request from God, and we don't use it. I love, just popped my mind, man, I'm not in the, in the nautical world, so it'll probably come to me later, but I, I remember the story of the guy who mapped out all the oceans, was sick in bed, and I still remember someone telling me that story, sick in bed, reading in Psalms, how those, there's paths in the sea. And he just stopped and said, I'm sorry, read that again. The sun read again. There's paths of sea. He says, if God said it, I believe it. Let's go find them. Really, from that one verse. And there are. And there are. And he got the wisdom and pursued them and mapped out the sea and the map that people are still using today uh, for the ocean. I'm like, that blows my mind. Blows my mind. Except for this aspect. What is it? He asked in faith, believing, pursued it as a principal thing, and God gave it to him. That's the way all believers we ought to be. Why? Because we have God. I don't know where you're at, but this I know. Whatever your problem is, the answer is wisdom. So you say, I need it. Why don't you ask for it tonight? Let's stand. Lord, we come to you now. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, as we've looked at this this morning and tonight, Lord, I pray now, Lord, as we close the day, that this thought would ring true. The principal thing that you call us to pursue is this thing called wisdom. By fearing you and asking for it, Lord, and pursuing it and seeking it with our heart, Lord, you guarantee to provide it. And with it comes so many things that you attach to it. Lord, I pray for our believers and Christians here tonight, Lord, that we've heard the word now. 
For those that have already began that journey by fearing and respecting you, may they take the word and may they apply it to their life. May they begin or continue to ask for wisdom from you. Whatever's happening in their life, whatever path that they're on, Lord, whatever journey you're taking them, may they find their wisdom from you. And may you bless them even beyond that, Lord, even beyond what they ask for. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, spoken to you tonight or today. We're going to close the day out at a time of prayer, as we often do. So we'll give you a minute or two to pray if you'd like. We're going to sing just as I am. You come and talk to him. If you have a request, bring it to him tonight as we sing. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to our leaders we have a leadership meeting in about five ten minutes and uh, so if you can be ready for that that'd be great and just remind the church uh, we started last year a servants banquet just our way of really saying thank you so many who volunteer and serve at Central Baptist Church and uh, all we ask is that you pick up a ticket so we know how much food to order and uh, so you can get those tickets at the bookstore and if you need for the children as well you can get those and we'll know how much food to get for them as well and so no cost to you or anything it's just uh, our way of saying thank you thank you for serving it's a small token but gives us a fellowship time together and, and uh, that'll be coming up I think March 7th if I'm not mistaken you'll see it in the bulletin and so it's coming up here in a few weeks and so we're looking forward to that so avail yourself of that if you would anything else you need to Okay, we'll close in, in a word of prayer. Hope you have a great week. We'll look forward to getting back here on Wednesday for our study in Ecclesiastes and, of course, the Awanas and Teen Impact and uh, so much going on there. And we praise the Lord for that ministry, and, and uh, so we'll look forward to it. Lord, we come to now. We thank you and praise you for the day. And, uh, Lord, being in your house, just around your people and around your word, that in itself is a blessing. And now, Lord, I pray that your word would ring true in our hearts and minds. And for who you wanted the message to be for, Lord, may it be a blessing and a guidance to them. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, I'm Pastor John Waterloo. Thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the service. I hope one day you can connect with us here in our church service as well. That'd be such a great blessing. 
Uh, we'd also like to let you know about just some other resources we have. You can jump on our Facebook page or our website, wherever you'd like, to find out about our ministries. But again, we'd love to have you join with us one day. Thank you so much for being in our services, and may the Lord bless you.